maybe we should delete that. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to episode 96 of RSVP, the podcast about stationery and so much more. I'm your host, Les. My co-host is Dade. Tonight, we're talking about hustle culture. But first, let's talk about what we are consuming. Dade, what are you consuming and excited about today? So I am consuming some water because it's late at, not late at night, but late enough at night where I can't can't go to my usual coffee. Um, it is a work night for me. Um, and I'm actually eating some tortilla chips from dinner. But anyhow, um, so what am I excited about? Well, Black Friday shopping. But as you last, I see your notes here. I have complicated feelings about that. Um, but I did shop small. I only made one purchase from a big box store. Everything else that I purchased were from small independent shops, either locally or just online. Um, so, yeah, I it's hard to turn down a Black Friday sale. Like we've needed a new vacuum for such a long time. Mm. And yeah it's it's one of those purchases where it's like it's such an adult purchase like you're adulting by buying a vacuum but also (laughs) you put it off into the point where now my vacuum the vacuum we have um right now that needs to be replaced we, we got it when we first moved here which was like 11 years ago so i feel like it it lasted like it wasn't like a thousand dollar vacuum like i think we paid a hundred dollars for it but it's getting to that point where no matter how much cleaning I do, how much repairing I do, it just smells like it's going to catch on fire. Oh, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> so, and it doesn't work well. So I was holding off and holding off and Target had a pretty good sale on a good vacuum. And then on top of that, I just use my Target credit card and you save an extra 5% on everything. Um, And so it worked out. And so I saved as much as I could. I don't, you know, I needed it, and so here we are. Um, but I did buy some um, other just local little gifts for some friends and, and stuff. And, um, you know, I, I try not to participate in the holiday because I worked 20 years in retail and definitely don't miss doing that. And so I, I don't want to add to that. Yeah, I feel that. I'll talk yeah. more about it. Yeah. So there's that. Um, I've been studying Japanese. And so this is something I did on and off. And I, it's hard. It's a very hard language to learn. Um, you know, I don't think I'm ever going to become fluent. But I would like to have enough Japanese known to be able to play some video games that are in Japanese um, without using a translation guide. But I've been kind of self-studying, and then also there is a website called italki, italki. Um, It's basically like a language learning platform where you can connect with people, either professional tutors or just other people that are learning your language, and so you can exchange languages. And so I could connect to someone who is Japanese who's learning English. And so we both kind of help each other learn the, the language that we want to learn. Um, but they're also, you could also pay for like tutoring too. So 
that I connected with my first person. It was a little strange because I'm not a social person, um, but it was actually really fun um, to like learn about culture, but then also like talk a little bit like to someone who is interested in your language, who you like, you know, I take English for granted. It's what I grew up speaking. So I've been doing that. Um, other than that, I mean, I've been really busy. Uh, my field placement, you know, this time of year, I think for any therapist in the world is busy, but because I am at a college counseling center, it is extra busy. And so I really honestly have not had time to do much else. Um, I come home every night and I'm so exhausted that I just need to either go to bed or just zone out and do something real low key. Um, but I've been contemplating, and unless you'll talk about this too, I feel like we're talking a lot about the same things, but um, contemplating leaving Facebook. I'm just mm. over it. I don't, it doesn't, the, the, the list. So for years now, actually, I've kind of had this, like these two lists, what's keeping me on Facebook and what's keeping me away from Facebook. And the list that's keeping me away from Facebook is getting longer than the list that, of things that are keeping me at Facebook. So yeah. it just, you know, I, I really wish there was a way to extract just the groups. There was. Wasn't there that groups app years ago? Yeah, there was. I think they got rid of it in the midst of the pandemic or just before the pandemic. Mm -hmm. I really wish they had kept that. Right. Because if I could just, like, pull the groups out that I'm involved in and leave the other trash, I, I'd be fine. I wouldn't so much want to step away. But I'm just getting tired of either interacting with someone who is being a jerk or having to just, like, wade through. Like, I know that I can just scroll on, but you don't not register something. So, sure, I could just scroll by something, but I've already, inter like, I've already taken it in. So the amount of misinformation, the amount of fighting and ridiculousness that I, I just see, like, and I've, I've, I'm not even talking about, like, because I've been pretty good about my friends list. So anyone that, like, has posted garbage, I just delete them. I mean, I'm talking, these are things that are kind of being shown to me through groups that I'm in. And so then I got to go back and I got to leave, like, it's just, it's too much work. I don't want to deal with it. I, Facebook the only purpose Facebook serves me is groups, you know, or there are some certain things, which I don't know how I'm going to navigate, but it's not the end of the world. But like with my school, you know, there's like a Facebook group for current students of the program. Um, but other than that, like I'm not going to delete my account, so I'm still going to have Facebook Messenger. But I'm not going to use Facebook, the app or the web page or anything like that so yeah i don't know i just i'm over it I, so <laughs> i i had i went so far as to delete the app and messenger mm -hmm. um and the like messenger is actually what started my like the fight it was the final straw if you mm -hmm. will um I got a few like messages within groups that were just trash and I just blocked people. I just, sure. I have been very liberal with my block button. Um, and a, um, distant relative of mine 
who I've never really spoken to messaged me out of the blue through messenger um, started in on some religious nonsense, which is unusual. I had a conversation with, with family about it while I was visiting and um, then started in on some conspiracy theory nonsense. And that was just an instant block. I don't, I don't care if it's like a, um, distant relative and it might cause issues. Uh, I did, you know, let my family know, Hey, I blocked this person in case there are any repercussions or anyone asks you about it. Um, just so you know. And as I was like sitting there fuming over these messages, I was like, you know what? I just, I don't care enough about this. And like you said, I don't want to put in the work. Um, I just, I'm, I'm so done with it. I'm over it. I I have other complicated feelings about the whole meta thing. I'm not going to go there. Um, but like the whole, the whole thing is just too much. I'm done with dealing with people being jerks. I don't need to invite that into my personal life. I don't need to invite that into my home or into my personal time. So I'm, I'm done. Um, I, like you, I'm not deleting my account. I have a long, long amount of stuff on there from my Comfortable Shoes studio page, which I'll be leaving there, and it'll be somewhat abandoned. I do think I'm, I'm continuing to use a Facebook product, Instagram, because I like that, although I'm liking it less lately due to the algorithms. And I just found that, like, for the amount of work that I was, I was giving Facebook in terms of free content, I wasn't getting enough back. Like when I do post something to my comfortable shoes studio page, I have like four or 600 people following that page. It only shows it to up to like 15 people. And, you know, those like those people are important to me. I'm glad that I have the same 15 people seeing it, but then Facebook wants me to pay them $10 to show it to another 10, you know, you know, hundred people within the people who chose to like that page. It's just such a scam. And I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm taking everything back and I'm putting it on my Comfortable Shoes Studio website. I'm also going to focus on my Kofi page um, just because it makes sense to me. You know, if I'm going to put forth effort and time into something, I want it to be something that I get payoff and interaction from. Um, and up and not pay off in terms of money, like pay off in terms of interaction and being able to have conversations. Um, Facebook doesn't do that for me. And it's not or I should say positive conversations because <laughs> Facebook just stopped being positive. It stopped being a positive place for me um, and just was inserting itself into my life in ways that weren't weren't healthy and were actually I felt dragging me down. So I deleted Facebook off my phone, deleted Messenger off my phone. Um, I will occasionally go to the page to check the RSVP, um, group, uh, but I don't really see myself doing that for much longer. I'm really, um, you know, detoxing from it. So anyway, yeah. I, I interrupted you, but. No, I think cause we, we have similar kind of feelings and I just, you know, it started to bother me because it was it was getting to the point where like, I would just mindlessly scroll. Yes. Same. You know? And I'm like, what am I even doing? And then like, you know, you get to the, you know, to the bottom, you refresh and you just start it over. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And like what the other thing that really got me is when I would go to 
the groups tab, uh-huh. sometimes I would see the same content over and over and over and over again. It's like, okay, yeah, I know some people post their stuff to the same, to five different, you know, groups. But I was seeing the same content sometimes from the same group, from the same person, because that's what the algorithm said I should be seeing. And that just show me the stuff in order of people posting it. Um, Don't show me the same thing again and again and again and again. That that's that does. That's not helpful. That's not why I joined Facebook in the first place. Um, Right. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. So I think like you, Les, I am going to be deleting um the app from my phone and you know what honestly like i don't you know if someone really needs to get in touch with me they'll they'll find me <laughs> you know um because i'm just i don't i don't have time nor energy to even want to to deal with it and mm-hmm. you know it, it's just not worth it to me so yeah and i would throw it out there to any of our listeners who are continuing with facebook If you want to take over the RSVP page, message me um, either through here or through Facebook. I will get the message eventually um, and we will have a conversation about you taking over ownership of the page. Right. Yeah, because I just, you know, I don't I that's why I feel complicated about this, because I don't you know, the things that I do love, I'll be walking away from. But also um i only have so much in me you know so yeah totally absolutely and so like you know that kind of you know brings me to the final thing that i wanted to talk about is just like i'm really 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 looking forward to the 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 ending of this year i think you know we're now two years in a in a pandemic and and while some things are better some things are the same some things are worse and I know that there's no such thing as, like, a true fresh start. I mean, I guess you could, like, run away and not tell anyone and become a different person. But I'm not on that level yet. Um, but I think, you know, um, there's just something symbolic about, like, starting a new year and and, and that starting fresh in a way. Um, but, yeah, this year has just been really hard, like, in in different ways. Um, and I think for me, it's been a collective difficulty. It's not necessarily my personal life. Like my personal life is actually fine. Like, you know, I'm doing all the things I'm doing well. Um, but there's just this like larger kind of feeling of just disappointment in the world. This is really dark and sad. I'm sorry. (laughs) No, no. (laughs) But it's kind of like this, you know, all, all through my, I mean, I'm, I'm, 41 so it's not like i'm ancient but over the years i've had these moments where it's like god things are just crappy and you just kind of like move on and like focus on you and you do you but it's starting to really like impact me like the world um and maybe that's a privileged thing to say that now it's finally happening to me um but i'm just tired like i'm just tired you know and so i i think removing facebook removing any kind of social media that that feeds this this fire that's raging um will kind of help me personally you know and that's not you know a choice for everybody but um so yeah but um 
yeah, that's really it for me. That was kind of, I'm trying to think of something positive to, sh- to share that, that's a positive note. Um, yeah, no, don't got it. <laughs> All right. Well, I'll take it from here. Um, in, in a, in a positive, um, spin, uh, my partner and I did get to go and visit my family over the holiday. I had a longer break for Thanksgiving than I will for Christmas. And it just made sense for us to take the time to head up there to visit them. We had a really great visit. My brother did uh, Thanksgiving dinner. It was really nice. It was nice visiting with them. And my nephew was so proud that he went and got vaccinated. Um, he was very excited about it. Um, so that was nice. It was just really nice seeing them. And the drive up was nice. We did have to leave a little earlier than we had intended in the same day. But like six hours earlier. Usually when I leave, I wait until the evening, but there was apparently a predicted snowstorm and it had upped in number of inches of snow and they ended up not getting as much. So it's kind of a bummer to leave early, um, but still better than getting stuck there for like three days due to a snowstorm. So there's that. Uh, in terms of Black Friday sales, it's interesting. I have often participated in Buy Nothing Day. And actually on Black Friday, other than the stops that we made on our way home, like buying gas, and we did we did get fast food. Don't Please don't judge. Um, we got some fast food on the way home, um, which we usually do while we're traveling. It's our, our you know, one judgment-free time for fast food um i didn't really participate in any true black friday sales i did have um so my mother um decided to give us gift cards for christmas but give them to us so that we could partake in black friday if we really wanted to um so i took part in black friday and it's like the first time that i've ever done a major realtor but i did everything online um and everything is being delivered to the store and i'll pick it up next week at some point other than I finally got myself a set of um, the wireless Bluetooth head earbuds that they're two separate earbuds, um, which I've wanted those for a while. Cause that way I can just put one in one ear when I'm walking. Um, I, I just, it, I've wanted that for a while. I was finally able to get it. I got them for half price and I have complicated feelings about it because as I was, so I, I did curbside pickup with it and it was a mess at this realtor's location. Um, I waited for over a half hour, even though I waited an hour after them saying my, my thing was ready. Um, and people were not parking in their spots, uh, but putting in a different number anyway. One dude put in the number of my slot um, because there were no parking spots available when he got there uh, and it, it caused a mess. But anyway, um, I felt so bad going out because I did like you, I worked retail for a really long time. And, you know, I was nice about the fact that I was initially given the wrong product and this product for this idiot who parked in not a spot um, because his truck wouldn't fit in any of them. Um, and you just I felt so bad for the kids that were running out of the store in the cold, in their T-shirts with masks on, dealing with with people who were jerks uh, about stuff. So I I don't know. I also have complicated feelings in terms of like 
the intensity of the Black Friday sales and the expected like deep discounts. Like, yeah, I bought a pair of headphones because they're 50% off, but I also know this major realtor probably bought these headphones by the pallet load and got a deal on them. So they're actually going to still make a profit. Whereas what happens to the small businesses that are offering, you know, 50% off when they might only have made a 15% profit on, on the thing anyway. I don't know. I have, I have complicated feelings because I think it puts an undue burden on small businesses and small makers. Um, Like there's an expectation that you take part in these black Friday sales. And I, I don't know. I, I think it goes into our, what we'll talk about during our main topic of hustle culture. Um, But I don't know. I, I I don't think that any business should have to take part in Black Friday sales. I I know they impact. I had initially written up a giant long blog post about my complicated Black Friday sales feelings because um, I not only did I work retail but I ran a shop within a store, and I know how much those sales impact your bottom line and how those sales also impact your sales for a few weeks out. Um, and, and your profits for a few weeks out. It really impacts things. So, yeah, I'm not sure where I'm really going with that. I just want I have these complicated feelings and uh, yeah, complicated. Um, also, so and I'm probably going to get some judgment for this, but I've been unapologetically listening to Taylor Swift's two new Taylor's version albums kind of on repeat mainly because it's easy so when i'm at work um every studio has a speaker and i tend to just put something on um i'll put a playlist on but also i know that these songs aren't explicit so i don't have to really pay attention to it and but like the funny thing is as i'm like down in the print shop and i've got taylor swift going people will come in and it'll be like give me the side and they're like are you a Taylor Swift fan? It's like, no, not really. But I kind of dig what she's done with these songs. Um, But like, I'm kind of also enjoying the fact that people are like, why are you listening to Taylor Swift? Because normally what I'm bumping down there is like acid jazz. I've got some vaporwave going, usually some like stuff without lyrics. Um, Sometimes like when the kids aren't in the building, I'll have some, some punk going. And so people are just totally like, they're like, I Taylor Swift's playing down here. Are you okay? Um, And then some people are like, are you a secret Taylor Swift fan? It's like, no, I just unapologetically listen to whatever I'm going to listen to. And if you don't like it, you don't like it. But the other thing that I have like this whole cultural thought around Taylor Swift. Um, I think that if more women were given the tools and the support, the way Taylor Swift was by her family, granted her family had the money to do it. They moved her so that she could take the lessons, work with the people and all of that. But can you imagine if our society supported women in their creativity in the way that Taylor Swift was supported in her creativity as a child, as she was growing up? Um, I, I think that things would be entirely different if people supported women in their creativity. And I think Taylor Swift is just a great example of that in terms of her creative vision and whatnot. Um, but anyway, uh, I also a couple, I think it's been over a month now. I got a new phone. 
my old Samsung was getting real tired. It was having trouble keeping up. Samsung also kept like side loading stuff onto it. So it wasn't working really great and it had limited space, but Samsung kept adding stuff to it. So the limited space that I had kept getting more and more limited. Very annoying. Um, so anyway, I, I went and got myself a Motorola G, Moto G stylus. It's real big. Um, and that's been a problem. Uh, like, I like the size of it, but I usually will carry my phone in the front pocket of my button down shirt and it just falls out. If I put it in the back pocket of my jeans, it just falls out. So I need to resituate and start carrying it in the front pocket of my jeans, which just feels weird. It's also really heavy in comparison to like the smaller phone that I had. So I'm getting used to that. I've also managed to crack two screen protectors already, which is highly unusual for me. I'm the person that puts a screen protector on their phone and then has that same screen protector on there for a year until mm -hmm. it gets scratched and then I replace it. But I've already cracked two. Um, and I think it's just the size of the phone. I also have a... Um, camera mount that I put on it that I've been using a, a strap. Um, so it's got this lanyard on it. And I think maybe that's causing some problems, but I need to, I think, get rid of the lanyard, but I really dig the new phone. Um, it battery lasts for like two days and I can listen on my Bluetooth headphones for an entire day and it still like has juice um, I read a, I listened to music, I read a book, um, and, you know, had my phone on all day when I was visiting my family and it still had 50% or 40, 40% juice when I went to bed and I hadn't plugged it in at all until I went to bed at like two in the morning. So I've been really happy with how the new phone's been working out. Um, I mean, and I know it's not the world's greatest phone, um, but I'm also not, I don't need a phone that does what the new professional iPhone does. I just don't need that. I'm not shooting video on my phone. I'm not I'm not doing all of that stuff with my phone the way some people are. So I just, you know, I shoot pictures and I go on Instagram. And now I read books because I can. It's a good size for that. It's like the size of a of a good size book. Anyway, um I am writing with a Retro 51 Hexamatic. And I I, uh, I was telling you about this before we started recording. I found a bunch of like five inch wide by like 15 inch long sheets of paper that were printed on one side that were just they, they weren't being used for anything. So I cut them into three by five cards. These are the bougiest three by five cards. They're like 100 percent cotton. They're like so thick and nice. They're just they're just amazing three by five cards. And it feels a little weird to just be like taking notes and slipping them in and out of my pocket um, when I work. Um, but, yeah, so that's that's what I what I'm excited about. Um, and I guess it's time to move into our main topic. So we decided that we wanted to talk about hustle culture. And I kind of wanted to say how hustle culture is a scam, um, you know, that whole hustle rise and grind and productivity which we've talked about productivity a lot in the past and i've been someone in the past that was really into productivity i was sort of 
bought, I had bought into what my employers wanted from me in terms of measuring my output, increasing my output and my projects and the amount of money I was bringing into the company. Um, and the, you know, and when I became a therapist, the number of clients I was seeing, the number of groups I was running, how do I, you know, increase that? How do I, how do I, how do I do that while still living my life? And, you know, obviously, um, well, maybe, maybe not. Some companies just don't care what your work-life balance is. And I think the pandemic for me really highlighted how important work-life balance was for me. And maybe it's, this is also part of growing a little older and disillusioned with capitalism and the capitalist sort of retail environment that I worked in. Um, but also the whole rise and grind hustle culture, make it big or go, what is it? Go big or go home. All of that sort of, um, thinking in terms of work. And I think another thing that has become very well highlighted to me is, so I've gone from working in a very toxic workplace where there's a lot of, a lot of micromanagement to working at a place where I have incredible autonomy and trust that I am going to do my work. And I don't think I've ever been more productive than I am in this time. Um, and I think it's that I have autonomy to do what needs to be done because they trust that I'm going to do it. And I, and I fully would expect that my, who the people who supervise me would say something to me if they, if I broke that trust, like if all of a sudden, you know, I decide I'm going to work from home three days a week and not get anything done. But the reality of it is, is like I use my work time to be productive and largely because what I'm doing is largely up to me. Um, and I know that's not realistic for a lot of places, um, but we were talking a little bit about this. And I think you really highlighted to me that autonomy and trust versus micromanagement Um one of the examples that I, I can use about this is when I walked into my old workplace, my name was put up onto a whiteboard. Um, and this was so that people would know who was in the building um, and that I had shown up for work. And then I also had to sign off on an attestation sheet. I also had to do a timesheet. There were all of these things that had to be done. And it was just like, you know, I was doing there were four or five steps to show that I'd shown up for work and also left for the day. And it was just very strange to be micromanaged in that way when I had previous to that worked in a location where I was the only one who was in the building and I was taking care of everything. Um, and that now I'm going to a place where it's basically like, yeah, we trust you to do what needs to be done um, until you break that trust. No, what are your thoughts? Yeah, no, I, you know, I was been listening to what you've been saying and I agree. Like, um, it makes a difference. And for me in my life, at least, I didn't notice that difference until I got out of the place that I was in that micromanaged. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and so for me, um, you know, one of the things, one of the biggest realizations I made was you know last year into this year and just kind of where i'm at now um you know in my field placement and in my space in the world um i'm offered autonomy you know i'm expected i have expectations put upon me as as i should 
but I'm allowed to kind of plan my day. You know, I'm allowed to say, you know yeah. what? I'm most productive after 11 o'clock in the morning. So let me schedule people then, or let me schedule my work then, you know, I'm allowed to do that. If I said, you know what, I really think that working from home one day a week would be beneficial for me, I can do that. And you know what happens for me, at least, I'm able to then feel seen and valued and respected. And so then I, I, it's overall net positive because then I come into work ready to work because I feel good about being there because I don't feel like I'm being, you know, watched over or, you know, and, and for me to say that as, as an intern, I'm not a, I'm not getting paid at this place, um, is a lot because not many of my peers are experiencing that. And so, you know, from a work sense though, my paid job working at a college is similar you know, I, I am expected to, you know, I work at a writing center and so I have to be there at a certain time. But the other work that I do, I'm allowed to do it when I see fit, as long as it's done by if there's a deadline or, you know, whatever the case. Right. And same thing. I, I, I tend to be more productive because I, I feel like not just I'm able to do work when I, I think the output's going to be good, but my employer sees me and trusts me and knows me enough to know that I can get things done. And, you know, um, whereas last year at my field placement, I'll never forget this one time. It was like, we were, um, my wife and I were, were purchasing a car, right. And purchasing cars is kind of a big deal. You know, it's tens of thousands of dollars. And so I was waiting for this important phone call that like, you know, it could have come at any time. And, and you know how the world works. They call you during business hours. And I wasn't with clients that day. I was just working, you know, remotely. And so the phone had rung and I answered it. But in the time that I was on the phone, my supervisor had, had you know, called me and I didn't answer. And I called him back in like five minutes. And I said, oh, I'm really sorry. Like, I got the phone call about from the bank about the car and I just need to transfer the money. I'm good. You know, like I was excited. You know, I'm buying a car like it's exciting. And it was not okay to do that. That every moment needed to be accounted for. Yeah. See, that that to me is so strange. Um, And that's what that was like my last place, too. Yeah, it just it like I get it. But also, I'm 40 years old. I know how to be responsible and I know how to be professional. Mm. And I think that's, as I've gotten older, I've realized that, like, when I've worked at places, you know, because being in in college and in graduate school, like, I've worked many, like, part-time jobs just to kind of make ends meet. You know, when you're treated like you, you don't even have the knowledge or intellect to like be able to do something on your own. It just, who wants to be there, man? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Like, and and to me, like, so I make a five minute phone call during work, right? I pick that up on the end. It's not, it's not like I'm, I'm not gonna like do that five minutes worth of work at some other point. Um, and I and I think that's part of the autonomy of a workplace that trusts you as an adult is that they aren't going to freak out if you make a five minute phone call because they know at some point you're going to work a 
50-hour, 45-hour week because the work needs to get done. Um, and I think, like, that's that's the other thing. Um, one of the questions that I was thinking about is, like, what is a reasonable work schedule? And, you know, when you were working hourly, the state has some say in that. Um, and yeah. and every workplace I've ever worked has tried to get get around the rules. Um right to get me to work more hours, but also at the same time, in some senses, try to pay me less. Like, oh, we don't, like in Massachusetts, there used to be time and a half on Sundays um, and double time on um, holidays that they were supposed to be closed. Um, but anyway, like workplaces, like they're always trying to increase their bottom line by increasing your work schedule and in- increasing your productivity not realizing that a happy well-paid worker actually does more work um than yeah. someone who's stressed out and working 80 hours a week i mean there was a point when i was working retail that i regularly did 60 hour work weeks around the holidays you know my parents would be like are you coming to visit it's like no sorry i have to work you know 60 hours this week and, and you know the the place would say it was on a volunteer basis but it wasn't really volunteer it was like you're going to work this day or you know there's going to be held to pay um but i don't know i i've been thinking about reasonable work schedules in terms of like work from home and working out of the office and what actually makes me happy personally right you know and yeah. I, I also know I don't like work from home. I will do it when it works for me in terms of like, so I, last week I scheduled a day off before the day off, the day before Thanksgiving off um, with the plans that I would travel that day, um, but also scheduled to work from home the half day beforehand because I'd worked a 10 hour shift the day before and did six hours the next day. Um, and I did work from home because I didn't want to waste a half hour driving to and from work. And I had the ability to do that. Um, even though it's not my favorite, it was something that was going to work for me personally. And, you know, I certainly can work from home. It's just not my favorite thing. Um, but also having the, and I know that it's very privileged that I was able to, ask my supervisor, is it okay if I work from home and have them say, Oh yeah, absolutely. That's cool. Um, is, is a privilege. Um, and I know not everyone who works in our field has that privilege. Um, especially with some of the, um, rollbacks in terms of what can and can't be done, um, with online therapy, um, now. Um, but anyway, yeah, I just, uh, the other thing that I've been thinking about as well is the, like, measurement of output and put in product projects to see if I can speak tonight. (laughs) I'm going to leave that in there too. Um, and like, how, how, how does that work? You know what I mean? Um, in terms of. What is productivity? 
What does it mean for the individual person? What does it mean for the individual business or place where you're working? Nonprofit, whatever. Um, what does that mean? And I, I don't know. What are your thoughts? Yeah. I mean, for me, like thinking about like this measurement, like I, when you when I saw that measurement of output, you know, it, it took me back to like PTSD flashback of retail of like <laughs> being on a register and in the in the count out room where you count your till mm-hmm. um, on the wall. It'd be like items scanned per minute and like, you know, average ticket and all that, all that stuff. Um, yep. And and so, you know, I, I think for for productivity, it's it's whatever industry you're in, the I guess satisfaction satisfaction. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I mean it's hard to and I don't like to to say that about our industry, um, mental health. Well, I'm <laughs> every every place that I have worked at in terms of therapy in terms of mental health has a measurement of output for the therapist. And it is generally called productivity. Um, And it's, you know, the number of clients you have that actually show up, the number of clients you discharge because they don't show up regularly. Um, And, you know, how, how that the comparison of those numbers versus what you're getting paid. Right. And like, I guess maybe that's I've been lucky enough not to have to um, encounter that because I'm I'm not in the working world yet, so to speak. Um, but like, you know, I think there's something in there that makes me feel like quality too, like mm. measurement, like you know, I I think for me it's kind of like a so at this place where I actually at my paid job, because I can't really quantify a, a unpaid internship, um, mm-hmm. but like at my paid job, you know, I'm only allowed to work 18 and a half hours a week. Like that's right. the rule. Um, so I will find myself because I'm well respected and well valued um, in those 18 and a half hours, I get things done. But not mm-hmm. only do I get things done, but the output is quality because right. I care. Yeah. Because, you know, I, I think any one of us who are professional people that have experience working, um, we can, you know, have a job, do the job and be fine without even caring. Yes. But, you know, I think when you do care naturally the your output is not going to be just greater but it's going to be better and so like you know i think i'm also more willing to do things and so for example um there's like this you know because we're already talking about spring semester um there's this big like project that needs to get done um this huge spreadsheet and like every course for the entire college needs to be dumped into it it's a lot of like organizing now, if I wasn't like, it's not my job to do that, but also they're looking for someone to do that mm-hmm. because I'm valued and because I care and because I like my job, like I don't mind doing that. Right. You know, whereas if I was micromanaged and treated poorly, I would just disappear and be like, mm, sorry, 
Like, I, yeah. I don't know how to use spreadsheets, <laughs> you know? <laughs> um, and so, like, because you care, you tend to just take on things, like, you know, that yeah. you want to do. Um, yeah. And it's tricky. You, you said, like, reasonable work schedule. Like, it's funny because I do work for the state because I work at a community college. Mm-hmm. And it's tricky because I'm allowed to get work done when I want to. But, I but yeah, like, you know, but the the reasonable work schedule like maybe it's academia but like we're actually really held to that like you know um you know you can't work more than these hours i i mm-hmm. think it's because benefits not because they necessarily yeah. care um but but yeah so i i think you know the the getting back to what i was saying about the measurement of output you know, when you when you truly care about something, um, you will take on projects, you'll participate in projects, yeah. you'll participate with your coworkers. Yeah. And it's kind of like this like contagious thing. I don't know if you're feeling that at your new job that sounds like a dream job. Yeah, but. I um I, I actually had a conversation where, you know, my general philosophy in, in terms of work is I, I need to do what needs to be done to get things done, right? And that's how I'm happiest at work is that I am I am participating in a way that is meaningful. But also if there is a project that comes up and we need to do something outside of what's my normal stuff, then what do we need to do to get it done? Right. Um, And so it goes back to that idea of like that reasonable work schedule, but also the fact that I'm respected enough to be able to say, yeah, I'll do it. What needs to be done? I don't know. I think I kind of went off on a tangent there, but uh, that's 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 what we do. We go off on tangents. Um, But that that whole idea of like getting things done to move everything forward is, I think, part of being respected at work. Right. Yeah. Um, So the other thing that I wanted to kind of think about is stationary in terms of of hustle rise and grind reasonable work schedules and productivity and i've been thinking about this as a way that it has forced me to slow down and kind of really reflect on how i think there's a toxicity to the hustle culture and the rise and grind there's this you need to do more and more and more and what you do is never good enough and for me i want to do what's good not good enough um and i want to feel comfortable in doing what's good and enough and i think that hustle culture it it never respects what's good enough or what's good and enough um the two words separated out and kind of disrespects the quality because it always wants more it's like the hustle culture rising grind and all of that you know the boss girl nonsense all of that is really focused on the idea of doing more not necessarily the quality of it and for me stationary forces me to slow down like if i'm making if i'm sitting down and i'm making a list i'm doing it on a three by five card i'm doing it on a piece of paper i'm doing it in my i can't really call it a bullet journal because i'm back to keeping a, a sketchbook um so i do all of my notes now in a sketchbook which i made you know i sat down with with trash prints and i made myself sketchbooks and that's what i use at work now 
Um, you know, I do have a commercial notebook um, that I use on occasion, but the reality is I sat down, I made my own book <laughs> in order to take notes, um, in order to make to-do lists. And I think there's something really important to that. I'm not really sure what's important about that. I know like there was a process. There's a really tactile feel to the sketchbook. There's a really, you know, artistic and creative way that I take notes and that I make my to-do lists. And that's important. I think that aspect of being creative in what I do and everything that I do, um, again, it goes back to like that autonomy and trust. And I'm also learning to rebuild after years of being micromanaged um, mm. and not being trusted and not giving uh, on autonomy, learning how to have autonomy and trusting myself that I can manage my own schedule. And it's, it's, I'm not going to lie. It's, it's been a struggle. Like there's a point where I first started, I was like, what do you, what do you mean? I, I can just walk down the street and get a cup of coffee. They're like, yeah, you can walk down the street and go to the cafe and get a cup of coffee. I'm like, you cool with that? Yeah. <laughs> and you know, like there's this like, cause that was not allowed at my last workplace. If a client didn't show up, I was expected to be in the Google docs, writing something, doing something for the company. And the idea that I went, might take that time that a client didn't show up and go and walk and get a cup of coffee, do something healthy for myself by taking a walk, but also going and getting a cup of coffee or, or lunch was not okay. That wasn't necessarily allowed. I was allotted a 30 minute lunch break and that was it. I mean, yeah. and realistically, I could have walked down to the cafe and done my work from the cafe. That <laughs> should have been acceptable. It should have been okay for me to say, hey, my client didn't show up. My next client canceled. I've got two hours. I'm going to go down to the cafe. I'm going to take my laptop and I'm going to go sip a coffee while I do my work. That would have blown the people's minds because that just wasn't allowed. But like if I did that here, that would be okay. They'd be like, yeah, go enjoy your cup of coffee or, you know, why don't we all go out to the park and enjoy a cup of coffee together? That might actually that that's a realistic thing yeah. that might happen here. But again, it's 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 just that different sort of atmosphere. And I think I think this is the most productive group of people I've ever worked with. Mm -hmm. Um. And I and I think it's because of that autonomy and trust. Um, but yeah, I I think I don't know. I'm still trying to figure out how stationary really goes into it. Um, but I think it does for me. I think that it forces me to slow down. What about you? Well, like you, I am allowed to go do what I need to do when I see fit, as long as I'm not with a client. Um, yeah. And because, hello, I mean, this job that we do, yes, different. You're doing more group stuff. Um, still hard. I think groups are harder anyway. But like. I don't. I don't. I'm on the other end of the spectrum really? with groups. But yeah, I love a group. Oh, no. Individual is so much harder for me. No. Um, but yeah. So like we need to be like fresh and we need to feel sustained. Like we need to be able to sustain the skills that we have. And, you know, I don't know about you, but like when you were doing individual work, because I don't I, I do one group a week. Mm -hmm. um, but like sometimes you do, you know, share space with someone who you need to go for a walk. Yeah. You know, and it's it's not 
a negative thing. It's just you need to kind of like clear your head. You know, you need to kind of refresh. Um, it's exhausting sometimes. Yeah. You, you know, um, being being forced to, you know, if your client doesn't show up, like like if my client doesn't show up now, you know, obviously I, I give them 15 minutes and I send them an email and, you know, I do what I need yeah. to do. But, you know, that's that's a win. Like people at my agency are like, oh, someone didn't show up first. Are they OK? But yeah. second, <laughs> like like, oh, now you can catch up on your notes or you can go grab that coffee or yeah. you can go for a walk around the building outside. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and that's like another thing that I found in place where there's autonomy and trust is that, you know, if you go to your supervisor and say, hey, I need to go and take a walk or I need to go and get a cup of coffee or I'm going to go get a snack because I really just need the walk. They're cool with that. Like, yeah. that's cool. Or like if I go into my supervisor or I send my supervisor a text because that's cool um, and say, hey, I need to spend some time making art because I had a difficult session last night. First off, they're going to check in and make sure what happened. And then cool. are you OK? Is the client or the, the clients is the group OK? What happened? And also, yes, absolutely. Let's make some art together unless you need to make art on your own. Right. Um and that's but like to me, like that's that's the sign of a healthy workplace when you're allowed to have that autonomy to do your work. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not lost on me that a lot of places are complaining that they can't find employees. I think, you know, the pandemic has made people realize where their priorities may lie. Yeah. Yeah. And their Absolutely. willingness to put up with BS yeah. Um, and so I think a lot of the places, and I don't want to make this political at all, but a lot of the places, you know, that are complaining that I don't know where the workers are, maybe they need to look inside themselves. Yes, I ab um, I absolutely you know, agree with you on that. You know, it's it's kind of funny, at least in, in the western part of the state, there are so many agencies that are hiring mm -hmm. um, and so many therapists looking for work. Um, yeah. Clearly, it, it's it's not the therapist looking for work. Yeah. And, you know, it's the same thing here. I mean, the place where I used to work, continually looking for more therapists. And there's a reason no one is going there. It's because they've burned so many therapists in this area that no one wants to work from them. They right. would rather work for agencies that are a known quantity in terms of like terribleness um, versus what they might or might not get in terms of supervision um, at a place like where I used to work. Um, and you know, like even the retail places where I used to work, mm -hmm. they're also looking for people. They're having a hard time filling their open spots. So, you know, and there are a lot of people who are just not willing to deal with the same BS and every place is short staffed. And it's because people are just like, I'm done with your nonsense, done with it. And so I agree with you. Some of these places need to look within themselves and figure out, okay, why can't we keep people? Maybe it's because our management style sucks. Or maybe because we pay nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I actually, when I was visiting my family, there's, I can't remember what we drove past, but they were offering 14 bucks an hour. What? And yeah, well, so up there, 14 bucks an hour is a really decent wage. Oh, I'm um, like laughing it, here. It's like, no. No. Yeah. I mean, that's not a living wage down here. Up there, that's, no. that's. That's a living wage, and like depending on where you're living, um, mm -hmm. 
like you're banking some savings, which yeah. is kind of wild when you think about it. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So anyway, we got off on to another that's okay. tangent that's what, makes, that's what makes this show good. I, I, I agree. Um, and I think, I think we've kind of tapped this out. What do you think? I think so too. I mean, we could certainly talk for hours more, but people don't want to hear that. Absolutely. No. Well, I mean, they might maybe an after dark episode. Right. Um, of us going off on our <laughs> tangents. <laughs> um, anyway, um, all right. So with that, I just want to take a moment to thank everyone for their supportive words um, in the comments on the website and on the Facebook group. Um, so, yeah, it's just it's really wonderful to get so much support from everyone in every corner of the Internet where we interact. Um, so thank you for supporting us. Thank you for joining the Facebook group. Um, thank you for just everything. And, you know, I'm really grateful. I have a lot of gratitude um, for the community around RSVP and how much support we get from them. I just, it's awesome. Everyone who listens to this podcast is awesome. Um, so if you would like to let people know about the show, go to, what do they call it? Apple podcast now or podcast connection. What are they, I, I don't know. Um, <laughs> Review us, give us a positive review, um, and also consider sharing a link to your favorite episode on whatever social media you are still using, and let people know you love us and why you love us. And you can find the podcast at rsvpstationarypodcast.com. We do have a Discord channel. Find me at comfortableshoesstudio.com, Instagram, and Twitter at original LC Harper. Where can people find you? You can find me at weeklypencil.com and on Instagram and Twitter at the Weekly Pencil. All right. Thanks, Dade. Thank you. I'm going to hit stop recording. Uh, Maybe we should delete that. <laughs> <laughs>